Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The message you're about to hear was originally preached at Pratt Friends Church on Sunday, June 12th, 2022. It focuses on the intimate relationship we can have with God through the Holy Spirit living in us. The message to all who will listen is we can be free from the love of the world and lust of the flesh through God's grace and His Spirit within us. Now, here is Pastor Scott Rose. is enough. And if it wasn't for that grace, we really wouldn't be here, right? We have no reason to be here. We're so thankful that God is is so gracious to us. And I'll be honest with you, I am so thankful for that grace because um, it gives me the opportunity to, to share God's word with you this morning. And as I was thinking about praying about what God wanted me to to share this morning, I kept going back to last week's message, the what-if message about Pentecost. And that is probably, in my opinion, one of the least spoken about events in the history of the church. We talk about Jesus' birth. We talk about his life. We talk about his crucifixion. We talk about his resurrection. We even sometimes talk about his ascension, usually when we're talking about the need for somebody to go out and be a missionary. But then we kind of skip past Pentecost and what that meant and the events around that. And as Mike and I were talking last week about what if, what if certain things want to happen, realizing that the truth and the reality is they did happen, right? They did happen, and God poured out his Holy Spirit on that small group of believers, and he began what maybe started as a snowball at the top of a mountain. He started something that that snowball rolled downhill and became a giant snowball, and is still rolling downhill, still growing, still getting bigger, still expanding throughout the whole world. And that outpouring of his Holy Spirit is essential to who we are as believers today. Now, sometimes we don't think about that. And sometimes we even question how much the Holy Spirit affects our lives. The truth is the Holy Spirit affects our lives a lot. Because the Holy Spirit is the person that Jesus promised that he was going to send into our lives. He was going to be our helper. He was going to be our comforter. He was going to be him and the Father, the Father in him, him in us, and we in him. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit is the, the person in our hearts. He is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, which we're going to see in a few minutes, that knits us together, brings us all together, and draws us into a deep, personal, intimate relationship with our Father in heaven. And without that spirit, there is no relationship. There is no intimacy. We're just fleshly beings on the wrong bus trying to find our way home. And we're going in the wrong direction. But the spirit corrects all that. But before we begin, I would like to begin with a word of prayer. So if you'll join me. Father, this morning, God, we just come humbly before you today, knowing that that it's not of us, it's not even about us, 
but it's from you, and it's all about you. And I pray, Lord, as we hear your word this morning, that it'll be your spirit that is teaching us. Lord, I pray that every word that comes from my mouth will not be mine, but yours alone. I pray that every word that is heard in the heart of all who are listening today will receive it as your spirit speaking to them. Lord, where there's conviction needed, bring conviction. Where hope is needed, bring hope. Where joy will abound, let it abound. But God, most of all, Lord, let us sense your presence. Let us know your presence here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I'm just going to ask a simple question. Where is God right now? He's all around us. But most importantly, he's within us. Scripture teaches us that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He is the presence of God within us that leads us, that guides us, that comforts us, that corrects us, sometimes even rebukes us, but also the spirit that gives us hope, that lets us experience God's love in a very tangible way, that helps us, reminds us of his grace and his mercy. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, is within us. Now, see, we tend to forget that, but I have a hard time with this as a friend. I was drawn to friends by the Holy Spirit because the friends had a unique belief, the indwelling Christ within us, the indwelling Christ living in us, the living Christ living in us, the presence of Jesus living in us. And that drew me because my experience with church growing up was non-existent, pretty much. But one day, 25 years ago almost, trying to buy drugs, a friend introduced me to Jesus. And as we talked over a period of about two hours, there was this darkness that dwelt inside of me. It was a great darkness. It was black. And as we talked... I felt this darkness getting pushed away. And there was like a light that was filling my body, a light that was coming on. I had no idea what it was, but I knew that in that instant it was changing me, transforming me into something else. It took me time to figure it out. But then I realized that that light that was coming on me was God putting his spirit in me. He was lighting the candle of his love in my heart that began to push all that darkness out of my body, out of my heart, out of my mind. And it changed me. And it's because of that day that I stand before you here, right now, sharing with you God's word. But a lot of us don't realize the power that dwells within us. As Paul wrote Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, said, we have a spirit 
not of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. A spirit of power. In 1652, a young man, a seeker, trying to find answers for all the problems that he saw in the church and getting all kinds of weird advice from religious leaders and people around him, was one day walking up a hill, praying, seeking the Lord, asking him when all of a sudden the Lord spoke to him and said, there is only one who can speak to your condition, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that man's name was George Fox. Now, I have friends that ask me about the Pentecostal movement that started in the early 1900s. And I say, you know what? That wasn't the first Pentecostal movement. The first Pentecostal movement started in 1652 with the friends. When the Holy Spirit came upon George Fox and convinced him that the only way that we could live a true meaningful life in the power of Jesus Christ was not through religious observance. It wasn't through taking sacraments. It wasn't through baptism. It wasn't about crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, but it was by the power of the Holy Spirit living in him who set him free, opened up his eyes, and helped him to realize that the true meaning of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago was that we could have an intimate relationship with God our Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't even talk about that that much today. And I don't know why, because if it's not for the Holy Spirit, then who am I? I would not know who I am. But I want to read to you this morning out of Romans chapter 8. Because Paul writes a lot about the Spirit and what the Spirit does for us and who we are, and what that means. So if you'll join me, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. But before I read this, I want, you to under, I want you to understand something here. He's finishing up Romans chapter 7, where he's lamenting our inability to be faithful to the law because we're so sinful, the law is impossible for us to uphold. All the rules, all the regulations, everything that God told Moses, we cannot do. It just doesn't work. Because why? Because of our sinful flesh. The power of sin in our lives, the darkness in it. We want to do what's right, but we can't because we're enslaved to the desires of the flesh and the world and the pride of life. And we fail time and time again. And Paul, I love these words that Paul utters. Listen to this. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But in a sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. See, Paul lamenting. It's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a wretch. I'm broken. I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. I can do absolutely nothing. Who's going to help me? Thank 
God for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the only one to help me. The same one that spoke into my life 25 years ago. The same one that spoke into George Fox's life. The same one that spoke into John Wesley's life. The same one that spoke into Martin Luther's life. The same one that spoke into countless others' lives before is the same one that speaks into our lives today, speaks into our world today, and changes hearts and changes minds and draws people to God our Father. That's who it is. And he does it by the power of his Holy Spirit. So then Paul writes, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Thus, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what their nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set in what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature, to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father." The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Did you get that? Do you hear what Paul's writing to us? After all this that he writes in Romans about the law and sin and death and how we're enslaved to it and that we're only set free by Jesus. He puts this nice little thing right here, almost in the middle, about the Holy Spirit, about what the Holy Spirit does for us. That You see, once we were enslaved, we were slaves to sin and death, and we were going to do whatever we wanted to do. If we really think about it, before we knew Jesus, and probably even sometime after, we've always struggled in this battle between 
the flesh and the spirit, right? Galatians 5 tells us that. He says, we're in a battle constantly. The spirit and the flesh are constantly warring against each other. The desires of the flesh, all those things that draw us toward the world or the world uses to draw us towards it, those innate desires, lust, greed, you name it, whatever it is, it draws us in. Really, all those things are about personal pleasure. They're all about me, all about what I want, all about what I want to do. But in the end, they add up to nothing. In the end, they just, they just waste my life away. It's like a cancer of the soul that eats away and sucks the life right out of us. It's a darkness that grows within us. And the greater that darkness gets, the more it quenches the lights. Do you know that the early friends believed? And I hope many of us here today still believe that there is a flicker of light in the person, in the heart of every person that's born that keeps calling a person out, seeking for something better, seeking for that answer, which we can only find in Jesus Christ, that we can only find given to us by God because of our Father who has poured out his grace and mercy upon us and then has sealed us with his spirit. But you know what's amazing? It says his spirit leads us. His spirit leads us into life. His spirit leads us into all truth. But the problem is we're too busy listening to all these other voices around us that we don't always hear what the spirit's saying to us. We hear the spirit of the world calling us, hey, get more, have more, live how you want to, be who you want to. You're going to find happiness. If that's the case, why are there so many unhappy people around us? But the Spirit leads us into life. The Spirit leads us into joy because it leads us away from those things that we're trying to fill our lives with and finding no real happiness in them because we're honest with ourselves. Everybody knows that the more we have, the more we want. And the more we have, the more we have energy, time and energy, we have to spend trying to maintain it. And when we're maintaining something... We're too busy, really, to really be happy to enjoy it, right? Isn't that the truth? We're really way too busy. But God's Spirit sets us free from all that. Because God's Spirit, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the living Christ that dwells within us, when we come to Jesus, when we open up our lives to him, when, when I say come to Jesus, I mean surrender. We yield to him and we give him control of our lives and we tell the world effectively, you no longer have any control over me. We tell our flesh and all those desires that have ruled us up to this day, you no longer have control over me. I am set free by the blood of Jesus. I have been anointed by the Spirit of God. He has sealed me. And not only that, what does he call me? He says that I am his son. You are his sons and daughters. We are his children. And we are being fit for the kingdom of God. So we lay down everything. That song, the stand. Here I am, Lord. 
I stand, hands lifted high. I surrender all myself to you. I give everything. I'm anointed with your spirit. You're anointed. The problem is, is we forget that. We get so busy. And you know, Satan has built his kingdom well. Remember, Jesus said this world is Satan's kingdom. It's not ours. It does not belong to man. We think it does. But you know, Satan's great like that. Because he says, hey, you know what? Just do this and this and this. Yeah, just keep working towards your own happiness. Keep doing this. And he leads us along. But he's leading us to certain death because at the end of the road, there's a cliff. And at the bottom of that cliff is a fiery pit. And in that fiery pit is where all those who have been deceived, all those who have rejected the good news of Jesus, all those who would rather just live for themselves and try and fill their, fulfill their own desires, all those souls are going to spend eternity having rejected the greatest love that can possibly ever be known. The love of our Father. The love of God. It's a tough word. It's really tough. But you know, that's why God has given us his spirit. Not just to seal us, but to give us victory, to help us, to march on, to reject the things of this world, to reject the sinful desires of the flesh, to reject the pride of life, to be able to focus and listen to Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, Paul gives us a little four-word verse, five words. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Now, some of you are probably asking, who, how do I live in the spirit? How can I walk in that freedom? That's a good question. For some of us, it can be hard. But it's really not that hard. The ability we have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is directly related to how much we're willing to surrender ourselves to God. You get that? The ability we have to walk in the power of the Spirit in our lives is directly related to how willing we are to surrender to the Spirit of God in our lives. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. The truth is that we have to be willing to surrender. Do we come boldly before the throne of grace each day? Do we come boldly before the cross each day and lay down our lives? Jesus said, whosoever shall come after me must pick up his cross and follow me. The cross is certain death to the flesh, but it's life to the spirit. 
and only if we are willing to carry our cross through this world to that day that we find ourselves crucified on it with our Lord and Savior Jesus. When we're ready to put to death the deeds of the flesh, then we can let the Spirit come fully to life within us. But we must yield. We must surrender. We must give ourselves fully to God. And you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a transformation in our lives that happens. A newness of life. Jesus, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Behold a new creature. Behold a new creature. The old man is dead. The new has risen. We are raised up with Christ. And given new life. We are called sons and daughters of the Most High. We are heirs to a heavenly kingdom. But listen. I want you to listen to this last part of Romans. Because God is working in us through his spirit as he's working through us. As he's using us as his instruments, as his vessel. I'm going to say vessels. I like that better because a vessel is something that something's poured into, right? Not just an instrument, something you play or you, something you use, but a vessel that something's poured into. And we're like pitchers. And God pours himself into us. Then he takes us by the handle and he pours us out. If we're going to be vessels for God that he's going to use to water other people's lives, then we must realize one thing. We can pretend and feel like we're hopeless sometimes. But you see, God has made us more than conquerors. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is it that condemns Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you get what he's saying here? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are sealed with his Holy Spirit. Nothing in this world can separate. Nothing can change us. We belong to him. And we have power. God's power living in us, living through us, ready and willing to be used by him. Are you ready to be used? Are you ready 
to go out into the world. Not power like the world gives, but power like Jesus demonstrated. Power to change lives. Power to heal broken hearts. Power to set captives free. In the words that Jesus read out of Isaiah in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon you because God has poured out his Holy Spirit through Jesus onto us, not to be a covering, but to be an indwelling presence to lead, to guide us, to transform us, and to give us the power to go out and make a difference in a world that is so dark, so black, so broken, that its only hope is us. Jesus living in us. Because if they don't see Jesus in us, they're not going to see him anywhere else. Are you ready? Go. Say, Lord, here I am. Let's just take a couple moments now as we do at the end of messages. And let's just take a few moments to listen to what the Spirit's saying to us because he's speaking. Hear our prayer, O oh God, the cry of our hearts. Lead us, help us to walk in Holy Spirit power, knowing, God, that your spirit is sweet communion with you. Lord, let your light shine within us and through us. That we may be your vessels to bring life and light and hope to every person we meet. Father, to you, we give all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.